podcast listeners. If you hear my voice right now, I need you to do something for me. I want you to take out your phone or on your computer, go to Apple Podcasts, search for Ask Your Old Head Podcast. You'll see my, my logo, my little picture, my little image there. Find the show. Please rate and write a review. It's a small thing, but it helps others find this work and find what I'm doing here. And it really, really matters, uh, as small as that may seem. So if you could please do that uh, before we get into the show, I would much appreciate it. Thank you for listening. Let's get into it. Peace. Peace. I'm Justice. My brother, Justice Raji. All right. So, uh... So another occurrence has happened since since the start of the new year. Uh, <laughs> Cat Williams uh, went on uh, Tub Shay Shay, which is Shannon Sharp's uh, po- podcast, and and it just was a, it was a, it was a rip roaring affair of of how you say uh, mostly truth telling. <laughs> You know, probably probably a high level of truth telling. You know, some some, some stuff in there was sort of like I don't know, cat that. That's a little fishy, but whatever. You know what I'm saying? Magical good, thinking. Yeah, a little bit, you know, the four, whatever, the four, three, forty stuff. And so it was like, like four, three, word, cat? Like you was, I mean, you, I mean, he ain't that big. So there is a, there is a potential that he could be that fast, but also like maybe not necessarily. And then, you know, if, if your life ways did not allow you to have a super stable existence in middle and high school, it's very easy reason why you wouldn't be in sports and you still could be really fast. I'm just trying to figure out who clocks you in the 40 at whatever age to find out that you had a four. But who clocked you, Poto? But it's like, who clocked you and then didn't give you an, an immediate pathway? Like, because the argument is, and like any other, like, you know, Jamal B didn't play basketball until he was 16 or something crazy, right? Like, right. But then, because at some point, Joel B got on a basketball court and somebody said, whoa, 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 man. All right, we know you play soccer, but we don't care. Like, no, <laughs> you're coming over here with us, right? Yeah, like, so at what point did you get clocked? And it was just like, well, you're actually superhuman fast. <laughs> you're like, right. you're abnormally fast for you. Yeah, you ain't like, done no training, but you are world-class uh, speed here. Let us, but right, nah, you're, come, you're literally a world-class sprinter. <laughs> like, you're literally a world-class sprinter. Like, oh, yeah, good. so you, like you said, mostly mostly truth-telling, uh, hyperbolic truth-telling. <laughs> and uh, but you know, suffice it to say, it the the entire there's a lot of layers of like what is what in the world is happening right here with this from a like media content arc modern thing that we're doing as it pertains to like uh how do people learn about the world um what what feeds people's insights um all sorts of convergences of um, at least as I was, I would see as kind of the wacky ways that then we respond, um, you know, to these occurrence, these things that happen, and like, and then you know, from a very another, there's sort of like, what is the modern sort of business of of, of media, and and I guess I guess I keep calling it, I keep calling it media, and I think the world says it's content. Like <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's the word, and I probably need to just stop trying to fight it. Um, <laughs> that it is indeed content. Uh, it's just a lot, right? And so I wanted, I guess, to 
you know, and, and it definitely, uh, I would say in terms of the way um, people in our probably in our collective, like social media fears, spheres, spheres, and those as this impact point to engage with what other people are thinking about, you know, everybody, everybody watched it. Apparently it's at like 58 million views or 55 million views on his, on a, uh, Shannon's, um, uh, YouTube club, page, Shay Shay. club Shay Shay, which is a lot of views uh, for my understanding of the video that I saw that said like, that would mean, I think it's like $9 or $10 per thousand views or something like that. So that's like, that's a lot. I mean, you know, I mean, but the, but the crazy thing is that it, it did I think 38 million in the first three days, which, you know, that's like more people than watched like the, the, like the world series game six or something. Probably. <laughs> like, like that's, a, that, that's no insignificant number of eyes, no matter who those eyes may have been. Right. And, and then it's also, you know, notwithstanding the subject matter <laughs> of cats. <laughs> conversation i, I mean the, the way you put that just makes it the way you put it, it makes it how insane this shit is like i think we just got we has got a we got a level set here like that's a lot of people to watch a three-hour gossip session like right and it, was, like, it was it's a whole three hours too it ain't it ain't like it took me a while to even watch the whole thing i was like man this is long like you know even if i'm like do a little video game and then watch the interview it's like man this, it ain't over yet like gotta go to bed like <laughs> like so uh yeah so i i passed to you is there some yeah. salient like entry point that you would like to uh, share about oh, this experience oh man oh man it's as my mother used to say um <laughs> so i mean i think again you give it some context to the level of the people watching it to to discuss these kind of bigger issues i think part of what we do is try to try to take out the to your point the salient ideas or the, the bigger issues um you know the idea that you would that you could spend two three hours on comedic gossiping is one thing that then ties into like this concept of hollywood right and i, I think for me i pull it back out and say a lot of it has to do with this perception of black Hollywood and or mm -hmm. black people in as it connects to Hollywood and the variety of ways that you could frame a career. I, it, not necessarily, not on the same tip, but not necessarily unlike the Dame, the early Dame Dash, like I put up all my money, I do business like this, you do business like this, right? Mm -hmm. Because I think, you know, Cat Williams juxtaposes the idea of having being like an independent and doing you know hundreds of shows a, um, a year and putting smaller comedians on and kind of functioning as a, as a midpoint if you will in the broader comedic world right like you're not cat williams you're not you know i mean you pardon me you're you're not uh kevin hart right mm -hmm. you're not the person that goes and does these like tours all across the the world and you know, has this like large backing and does movies, but at the same time, you're not the guys at the comedy club either, right? Um, and to juxtapose that and juxtaposing that economic model as a model that empowers you to keep more of your character intact mm -hmm. versus the other ones that, you know, Steve Harvey, Cedric the Entertainer, this person, that person, and your estimation, you've compromised um, your character by engaging in that level of the game, 
right? So that, that's kind of a big picture thing I tried to take out of it, like gossip nonetheless. You you know what I mean? Um, obviously, as an as an acerbic comedian, um, he's going to you know throw Molotov cocktails at people's wives and and that whole premise. Um, <laughs> you know, and and that's what that is, and and also the commonly what's now almost a retreat of this idea that every black person has to, every black comedian has to wear a dress, um, mm-hmm. which, you know, I think when, who was it? Eddie, uh, what was the comedian that first brought that to bear? Um, Eddie Griffin, Eddie Griffin, you know, I'll say in the early two thousands or nine, late nineties, when Eddie Griffin first brought that to bear, I thought, Oh man, that's deep. Right. <laughs> like, you know, now I think it's, I think it's a thing. I, I don't know if it's as deep as I thought it was. Right. Um, yeah. But I, I, I think there's there's a thing there. Um, and and again, and there's also like this, this idea of the gatekeepers and how people get access, you know, um, and, and how do you kind of attack that conversation about how people get how people get access and how they develop themselves once they do that. And so, you know, I, I thought. Like to your point, there were some quote unquote truths being told. There were some things being revealed that, you know, may have a lot of um, substance to them. I do also think that it was a bit of airing dirty laundry, as I may say. And I don't mean dirty laundry because I'm standing up for the for for like black people, but more speaking on things about people who are not allowed to talk about them. you know, uh, alleging all kind of stuff about about people, and you know, the the idea that people were, didn't respond, you know, in some words, people go they didn't respond because it was the truth, and sometimes it's like they didn't respond because it was outlandish, right? Right, and you know, and, and so the lack of a response doesn't mean that he was telling the truth, right? You know, I think people got to get past that. Yeah, it, it's it's. And 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 reason why, like I said, even when I started, like kind of the like the whole place that this happens in, right? Is this thing? Is this this product that we have now? This experience that we have now? Um, you know, you could you could look at it from you know what Gil Gilbert Arenas does on his show around basketball stuff, right? Um, with basketball at the center. I mean, all of these shows, which are kind of like. They are they are now. We've gone from the like there was the talk in our age, right? In our youth. There was the late night talk show was Johnny Carson, uh, um, what's my man, uh, David David Letterman, uh, the, the middle of the day kind of talk show was your Donahue, Donahue, Donahue and, your, and, right. and Oprah and and, and the ascendance of Oprah, and then the morning type talk show, and then there was like the news type talk show, and then there was um, the uh, like the entertainment weekly kind of show, and then the and then the uh, the edgy show was the inside editions of the world right like these were these hold on but you places. forgot about my man hold on you forgot about oh, my man I, I know i know uh you forgot about my man morton downey morton downey <laughs> jr you know what i'm saying Morton Downey was a wild show man yo remember that show you used to come on man we was in high school yo god damn morton downey man yo. morton downey shut the world off like we people and i obviously i always had trouble getting 5057 over the air so like sometimes it would be in sometimes it would be oh, out yeah, but i used to watch it on uh on new york joint like and that's even an idea you talked about media the idea that like i guess this is 30 years ago so maybe it feels like another lifetime but 
like WGN was Chicago's Superstation. Right. Then New York had Channel 9. And you could like get these channels on your cable to watch the New York show or the Chicago shows, right? Like, and now we just don't have any, nothing's localized. Yeah, like that anymore. Everything is like across the board, which will be it. But that's where we used to get the, the Morton Downey was uh it, when I, and I would argue that Morton Downey was the progenitor of like the Jerry Springers. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right, like provocative, saying wild stuff, jumping on people. Yeah. <laughs> people come on the show and you just berate them. <laughs> like you're a sack of crap. You know what I mean? I don't, I don't remember exactly what stuff Morton Downey used to be bad about, but like, and so, so you have this modern sort of ecosystem of, of media and it's something I spend a lot of time thinking about is like sort of what are the places where people get their information about the world and and not just the like, you know, because sometimes you say that and people will say like, what do you mean like the news, like that kind of information? I'm like, no, whatever stuff you're consuming is telling you something about the world. So if you watch like Empty 11, Empty 11, uh, you know, Real Housewives of Fill in the Blank City, that is informing your idea about all of those places whether you have agreed to that or not. <laughs> like, so if you watch Real Housewives of Atlanta, Real Housewives of Memphis, Real Housewives, there's a whole bunch of them. You know what I'm saying? You are now, in some part of your brain, is informing what you think of filling the name city based on whatever they're doing. You know what I'm saying? And then if you watch, you know, the, the Bachelors and the Bachelorettes and the grand the Granddaddy Bachelor, like, which I, I mean, I'll never watch that show. I wish somebody would try to make me watch that ridiculous show. Um, that's right. I said it. And, then I, you know, if anybody take that personal, that's on you. You know what I mean? I ain't talking about you just because I said it's ridiculous. Maybe I am. I don't know. Could be. In any event, the, uh, <laughs> the like, you know, so these things are your are your pathways by which you kind of, like, form ideas about the world, right? Um, so, like, all of these, like, for us, that, for us that were old enough to know that Comic View was a show on BET and one of the most successful shows on BET, again, this all, some of this falls in a window when we was all living together where, like, I, I know I didn't have cable. <laughs> so I couldn't afford it. I was living on my own. I, I, had, I had rent and I had heat and lights. I had a record player and a VCR. But I had cable. I had cable for, like, four hot months. And then was the day we forgot to pay the bill or something and then the cable got cut off and that was the end of that. <laughs> like, like, yeah. we, like, we had a good run. We had a good run while it was on. You know what I'm saying? Like, I got cable again when I started working for cable. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> you know, real talk. And so, the like, but all this, so so Cat so gets on there, right? Like, so in one hand, the goal of the, of the YouTube show is, it is to have these high levels of views in, a, in you know, over a lifetime, but also immediately, right? Um, and then you have other wrinkle especially around comedy and a lot of us need to be honest about comedy because even someone someone who's who, who has who has participated in in the actual art of comedy via like going on open mics and working on my you know five ten minutes and and figuring out that as a creative outlet a little bit you know kind of got away from it in the last couple of years um but even doing that most of us most people are not comedy club goers Meaning that, like, you go to a comedy show, you know, more than, like, I'll say, like, I think I went, I went to see Ali Sadiq last year because I really like Ali Sadiq when he came. 
And I actually did not go to another comedy show in person for the rest of the year, right? And I like comedy, right? But but it's not something that, you know, I, you know, make a, a, a regular facet. Uh, but comedy clubs, you know, most of these, you might have one or two that, like, have, you know, people coming through. You know, hopefully you got a couple. Um, but it's a very, um, you know, it's it's an interesting industry. Cause like you, you because we have so much more access to what people are doing in comedy via the internet, right? You can get the impression that a lot of y'all go to comedy shows, but a lot of y'all don't go to comedy shows. Right. <laughs> um, you know, you might see the clips or you might watch the specials when they come on the TV, which was a part of even the importance or the prominence or the growth of the of the HBO special and then Showtime and HBO, and then now where you know, like like I said, Alex Sadiq, he puts out a couple of his shows like on the, on the YouTube, like that, and they're just for the internet um the netflix specials all these different folks do all of these outlets because for a lot of folks that's where you will see a comedian um in a broader scope because you're not maybe going to your local club to, to catch you know uh nate bergazzi or uh mike berbiglia or uh uh what's her name leslie, leslie wolf i think i'm messing up her name um you know you name it you're not going to want sacks you're not going to see him yeah it's all these comedians you're not going to see him uh so but you, but you know them and you're familiar with them. So Cat gets on the joint, and he just he you know he almost Tupac hit him up style, like just banging on people. Now also, and, and I want to say this because, uh, like I said, I think the Alligator Man episode of Atlanta may be one of the greatest single episodes of a show that anyone's ever done, where you can mm. get, um, you get the, the fun. Like the comedy, what's what's funny in the show, what's serious in the show, what's surreal about the show, all in one episode, this the conflicts that's happening with them, the the, the weird, like all of the stuff in one little package. And Cat Williams is fantastic <laughs> in that show. And I don't I can't think of an actor that could play the character that he's playing better than him. Okay. You know what I'm saying? And they would say he got alligated there. No, he don't. Yes, he do. <laughs> yeah, that's the alligator man. You know what I'm saying? And, and like, I mean, I'm not gonna do a whole rundown of the show, but it's just a whole like, you know, like it, it's not like money Mike transferred to Atlanta. It's the character that he's playing. He's he's the uncle. He's his uh oddly enough, uh uh Lucretia um, uh Myra Lucretia Taylor who plays the rain in uh, uh American fiction is the is you know Donald Glover's mother's character in that, and it's his it's her his sibling. Her sibling, who who may who who appears to maybe be a wayward soul in some ways, and, and you know, wild stuff happens, right? So he's this person that has done these roles to me in movies that I think for a lot of people probably outpace his comedy specials. You know what I'm saying? Because like right. I do like you know I've seen a couple of his specials. Um, I wouldn't say I I know he's done like eleven. I ain't seen eleven of them. <laughs> I know that for damn sure, right? And I and I challenge anybody to prove to me. I've watched every single one. You know, like, all right, bro, good for you. Like, I'm sorry, right? But also, he is a touring mu- comedian, and, and this is where I was going long-windedly. You know, successful comedians. A part of it is also building up enough. You know, of a that you you know, December like how we, we talk about like the roots. You to tour like two hundred, they do two hundred spots a week a year or some shit, right? Right, yeah, but like you know, the, he does like a hundred shows a year, and they, you know, they got it's a business. You know what I'm saying? Like I go to these cities, he pays people. Um, 
another before we get into some of the things he said about folks, um, like you know, so there's a piece of how he and you hit on it with like this is the way I do my business, you know, Dame Dash style versus what other people do their business. And, you know, largely he's built that on on the back of, like, people who like his comedy, right? Like, he's not necessarily, I mean, I guess, you know, I don't I don't know how the sponsorships work with comedy shows, but, like, it, it's not like he's, like, you know, doing sidelines uh, for Coca-Cola at the World, at the world <laughs> Super Bowl. And now we got Cat Williams, and, like, Cat Williams comes out, like, Coca-Cola, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, he's not right. in that lane. You, you know I mean, it's it's not necessarily, like, a, a, an aspect of, like, you know, what, what back in the day would be, like, the Chitlin circuit, circuit, right? Like, you you primarily only, but it's definitely a, like, he has a carved, a creative pathway that's funded by people that are fans of his work that are probably largely black, but, you know, even in, uh, in that interview, he talks about like, you know, how I, I was in Sacramento cause it, like white, white folks like my comedy <laughs> when I started doing it. So I went somewhere where I had, uh, you know, whether that's true, totally true or not, but you know, I don't think it's necessarily untrue. Um, you know, where I found, I mean, I think, to, you, like I think I to your point, I think to your point is when, once you get to a certain time and especially in our society today, like, once you get to a certain place, and if you are really known in the black community, that probably is a certain percentage of white people who are adjacent to mm-hmm. black stuff, yeah, who are engaged, yeah. right? Like, so you know, whatever percentage that is, and may go up or down in certain areas and regions, right? But I think generally, one could acknowledge that if something is really well respected in the black community, that means there's probably a couple hundred thousand millions of white people <laughs> who also engage in that thing. Mm-hmm. Just because of culture, right, and because of, of of proximity to culture, so I think that that does make sense. I mean, he was, uh, I think he was in Charlotte the other night, and it was it looked to be a pretty packed house for him to come, you know, to to Charlotte. And I, I don't think it, it could have been all black, but I looked about eighty twenty, right? So I think that there's something to be said where just his level of comedianship is is now. Again, it kind of been that 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 mezzanine, you know what I mean, of of success where it's not it's not you know it's not Kevin Hart, but it's it's also not your your everyday uh, improv, right? Where you get a couple hundred people in at twenty a wop and they tell jokes and maybe it's funny, maybe it's not. It's just for you to go out right and and enjoy a you know enjoy another kind of night out. Right. Um, Which is what I've come to understand about kind of like that, that comedy, that comedy space. And and I do think. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely like we like night out. What you going to do? Oh, you pay two drink minimum or something. Watch the show. Have a good time. Yeah. Right. And I think as a as a, you know, compliment to to that, I, I think there's also this this conversation again, because. It's no accident. He went on talked about people for three hours then he's on tour right right so some of it some of it was promo like it's it wasn't like a truth telling out of season so to speak you know what i mean it wasn't like a you know i have i have hatchets to bury right (laughs) and i'm settling all you know in the words of the godfather i'm still settling all family business today (laughs) you know what i'm saying then let it be done as i'm settling family business hey i'm going to be in norfolk Right, you know what I mean. February sixth, you know what I mean. Like, come on out to hear me talk about what I talked about. You know, 
Um, and again, that's why I did kind of connect it to the Dane Dash model, because I do think there's something to be said from like how he does business and then how he perceives how other people do business. And I think they don't have to be at odds. And I'm again, I'm kind of focusing on the, the business model structure of it. They don't have to be at odds because it's clear that Cat Williams supports a lot of upcoming comedians. Yeah. In the in the like the resulting days and different comedians saying, yeah, cat, talk about the motherfuckers, right? <laughs> so clearly there's a group of people <laughs> who are great. That's like yo, like these other people, these other people ain't, ain't doing it like you do, cat. So you know, we ride with cat. You know what I'm saying? Like right. you know, we, we ride with cat. So I I get that, and then I and then I look at there's the there's the you know again i'm gonna use dame when dame was dame dame is dame but dame's not dame anymore if anyone gets that kind of take on it (laughs) like you know he's dame but he's not like dame so but that idea of maybe the independent model of the way you do business right or let's take let's take like a larry june right let's take like another art right like or even a west side gun right like you take these artists who are, you know, have these independent ecosystems where artists get to tour with them. They get to, you know, they get albums to come out. And none of these albums are going to sell hundreds of thousands of records anymore, right? In our day and time, like, yeah, that's know, not that's, that's just not, this is not what happens anymore. But they can then get their own audiences. They can tour. They can do a whole bunch of music, flood the system so they can always get listens and go from there. Versus what a Jay-Z does, right? Like, there's just a different kind of system yeah. that people are functioning on. And, and I'm not giving value. I think both of them are, are realistic systems, but it's often like we, you know, we, we want to champion one over the other where, you know, if you want to go see a show at a huge stadium, it's probably with some other kind of economic and social backing, <laughs> backing, right? Like you don't get to your, your big, your your big shows if some other money is not behind it, right? And so I think there's there's a lot to be said for both systems. Um, one thing I want to touch on and get your take on is this idea of we need a hero, right? So for everyone who's you know age of a certain time, probably 30, 40 and down, you may not remember this, the greatest American hero. Mm-hmm. And the greatest American hero was a show you come on and you had a hero that would fly. And, you know, the, the tongue in cheek thing was that he was the greatest American hero, but he wasn't that good of a hero. Like, right. he, he fell. Yeah, super, right. Yeah, superpowers, but he wasn't really good at using them. <laughs> yeah, he wasn't really good at using them. Like, you know, it was kind of a show about like this this idea, you're the greatest American hero, but you always mess up and fall and all kind of stuff happens. Right. And, you know, in a variety of manifestations, specifically in the black community, you have this idea of always needing a hero. Um, even if that person never told you they were your hero, <laughs> right? Like Michael Jordan's a great example, right? Like you want a hero, but he never wanted to be your hero. He wanted to be left alone and gamble and sell sneakers, right? right? Like and, 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 like, and torment uh, little known basketball players in international yeah, torment people, torment people <laughs> who have slighted him in, the, in, the in any kind of way. way. Yeah. Like, and and so you need a hero. Then a rapper comes out. You need a hero. There's a person coming. You need a hero. And it was so interesting to watch people turn Cat Williams to like this national black treasure, mm-hmm. like like protect him at all costs, right? <laughs> you know that those kind of statements. Oh, yeah, and I was yeah, thinking yeah. to myself, protect that nigga from who? Right. Who are you protecting? 
are they from? Like the man with men in black? Like who 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 is going to right. who is gonna come out and get rid of Cat Williams for telling the truth about Kevin Hart? <laughs> like right. what? The government. <laughs> yeah, really <laughs> like yeah, like you know, you, you think with all this going on in the world, the United States government got the time to worry about Cat Williams Cat and Steve there. Harvey having a beef, right? Cat, Cat is over there banging on uh, what's uh, my man? Um, and I like uh, play he played uh, you know, he, Ricky Smiley. I like Ricky, yeah. Ricky Smiley is is a, is a well regarded uh, across you know the places where he's on the radio in America. I don't. I don't think that. Um, I don't. I don't think the powers that be is like, yo, we got to do something before you know. <laughs> we got to shut down before he he shuts Ricky Smiley all the way down. Right. Like, what what are we doing here? You know what I'm saying? Uh, but you always need a hero, and and I guess I wanted to get you just your take on this. Why, in some sense, going back to your point, this this was so embraced. Right, like you just got millions of people watching a gossip session and then talking about protect this guy and how he's like keeping it real, banging on the system. And then weeks later, as we look like, no one remembers it. Yeah, it's like we've moved on. I mean, it's still an interesting conversation. I mean, I, I'll say this. I mean, I think one, the, the, the challenges and, and, and related to, um, <laughs> related to, a, another topic that would never be a private stock conversation involving some brothers um, in the creative sphere that are would be close to us in a sense. Um, a lot of folks is looking for salvation, not understanding. You know what I'm saying? Like they're looking for something to happen in the world that signifies, or at least they think feel like signifies a, a like, yeah, now that they said that out loud, something's going to happen. And it's like, no. Nah. Like, if there's something specific you want to happen in the world, you got to go make it happen in the world. Like, Cat getting on there and, uh, you know, in many ways, you know, calling out, you know, stuff that, like, you know, I, I don't think is untrue and, and, and it's full, right? Like, yeah, Steve Harvey has found a pathway um, to national acclaim or not, like, a prominence within the media space that, you know, is is not necessarily a bad thing, but may not have been the thing that he wanted. Now I don't know. You know what I'm saying? Like that's not a decision for me to make. Um the the insinuation, you know, the and the thing I think, you know, this weird thing we do about Hollywood and media or the perception of Hollywood and media and power access, you know, where some of us trade not like in a like reference point, something to come back to later. You know, I mean, I would say, all right. So exemplified by what's cap currently at least happened or has been revealed with these lawsuits and things uh, involving Diddy, that folks are like, see, we try to tell y'all the industry's dirty. Look, Diddy, oh, skeletons and chickens coming home to roofs and on all those things, right? But Diddy, you ain't need to know about Diddy to know that, like a lot of not not, not just the entertainment business, because there's a lot of businesses in America that are dirty, nasty, filthy places. <laughs> Once you find out what's really, you know, if you up in certain, you know, echelons and spaces. Um, but that there is a, 
the idea that someone is masterminding all these behaviors, right? Which are off the, which to me are more about the dynamics and realities of what happens when people have power and it's not uh, stabilized by their culture and their values and their concepts of equality and their concepts of who they are that requires them to operate with a higher level of ethics, <laughs> right? So they, so they feel, so that if they have the power to like ask for unethical things because they have that leverage in life, that they think that's okay. Right. And we have a society that at its root <laughs> started with a with an economic model that depended on uh, how much deprivation and violence you could visit upon the people to create economic production. Right. Until our society wrestles with that, it will always be the underlying subtext is, yeah, but also I could just beat the hell out of you and make you do it. Right. Which is not too much unlike the the the, the prior existing societies, but we'll save that for a later conversation. So saying that to say, like the sub out cat cat telling them telling them how it is about you know trying to be in the entertainment business right and and so then all of these people that he named are all controlled by this unseen hand right as opposed to all of y'all are in a wild weird system right that is um tied to what are what are the things you can do to 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 make a living or make astronomical money in some cases, right? Doing your creative works. And then these are the pathways we have to do it. And then these are also, you know, there's a relationship too to you, the person who consumes the art. <laughs> that, you know, we don't hold the, the persons that consume the art for the for engaging with something that we might see as monstrous or at least in some ways dangerous. And so then it's like, oh, well, we need a hero that's going to like valiantly, you know, come out here and tell it like it is about what's really going on behind closed doors. And it's like, um, I mean, I guess, but like, like that's not really the the, the substrate that's going to like change the third grade reading levels <laughs> in my community. Like that's not going to make sure that uh, industrial policy, <laughs> offline kind of industrial policy supports uh, the stability, like community stability so that, uh, you know, folks could, uh, you know, plan their futures and and, and have good homes and and and, uh, and and access to food and quality food like these. So we we can paint this kind of on cat as a hero, right? And and you right. know, and I have my various feelings about, um, you know, I I understand, I understand why folks will latch on to someone's, um what they've done in the, in the public sphere and, and take esteem and motivation from that. I, I personally struggle with sort of uh, assigning them a level of almost, uh, I don't know, like superhuman. Yeah. Uh, I mean, assi it's like, assigning them like like he won't go back and you won't hear from him again. Like it's not like he said this and next he decided to leverage the, what's going on with banks. And right. next he decided to talk about the education system. And like he did this and he gossiped for three hours so that you come to the show. Yeah. Because you like gossip. Yeah. And to your point about the systems. We often look at the creators of the content. Now, now I use the C word content <laughs> versus the other C word. You're consuming the content. Yeah. If you have an interest in watching it, that gives an inclination that that's what the market is paying for. Right. Like 
housewives of enter whatever area. Because there's somebody that wants to watch people be petty. Somebody wants to watch someone be mean. Someone wants to watch someone in a house that's not theirs. Someone wants to watch people in the houses that they want to be in. Mm -hmm. You, You know what I mean? Like that's the... That's the set of people who want to see the thing so that gets produced. But I think we can we can make the content producer king versus the consumer as determining what largely what will be created, <clears throat> because literally it won't continue to be created if there's no money in it in a, in a broader sense, right? Not talking about like individual sense or even like a small community sense, but in a broader context, people are not going to keep creating stuff that's not going to sell, right? Like it's, it's not going to happen. So the, the, the Cat Williams creating a level of controversy to drive his sales and then you confusing it for anything else than it driving his sales. Yeah. Itself is problematic. Yeah. Yeah. And 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 the thing that like it's it's like you you can mistake like getting into the the the, the factual nature or un, like whatever of who what he's saying <laughs> and lose the sight of like, oh, you know, by him saying this, we're all watching it. And and also he's funny. And he's a charismatic dude. And he's a smart dude. So he knows how to weave a yarn. Like, you know, he knows how to get up there and captivate you to like, what to keep, what's he about to say next? He's a seasoned, almost 40 years of comedy person, which is an art around talking. <laughs> it's an art where you go on a stage with a microphone and just talk for like an hour, two hours sometimes. And people laugh. It's unlike any other, you know, it's not... It's not like you know, it's a band. It's not a band there. It's just you <laughs> and the stage. And anyone that can do that at the level he can do that can draw you in to what they're talking about. And you can lose sight of like, oh, wait a minute. I mean, I, you know, maybe some of this is not really none of my damn business at some point. Right. Now, one other thing I'll just as a footnote, and I don't totally remember what happened with it. Um, this like to his credit is during the pandemic, either he got stuck here or something happened. And my understanding is. Uh, you know, he put a lot of money in the street in terms of like like doing business with folks and donating. Like, yeah, you know I mean, like there's stuff he's talked about in there that to me is also him talking about like his character as a person. You know what I'm saying? When they're talking about him like raising like the foster kids and, and, and family kids he's adopted and all that thing. Like there are ethics that he has that I think are genuine, right? That he wants to that he also sort of wanted to put out there. But it's like, you know, like I say, our weird current society's thing around. If I just got on here and told you all the, the good stuff I do, you probably won't believe it. Or you think I'm lying, right? Like you think I'm telling you that I do good stuff because I want you to know I can do good stuff. So I got to say some wild stuff along with the good stuff. Because otherwise you're going to be like, oh, man, ain't nobody that ain't nobody that good of a person. Tell something you don't like. Tell us about a comedian you don't like, cat. You know what I'm saying? Like right. we all right. have to bear witness to like a part of what, like a part of the purpose of the show. I mean, we were we we are making a podcast. We are we are having a conversation with the intent that folks would listen to it and hopefully get something from it, right? Of value, right? We maybe help, you know, but also it's a very real human thing that the way we like gossip is not a concept that only exists in the West. Like gossip is a very old human, like every society has some level of two people talking about the thing that happened, but it's also 
that's a lot of ways about how you can process some stuff. <laughs> it's about the two people talking about it. And like, you heard what they did over there in the other in the other valley? Oh, yeah, I saw a lot of it. Yeah, they, they ate all day, you know, whatever nuts. So, you know, I'm speaking from the context of some, you know, Andalusian time way in the past where, you know, it might have been one group of people in this valley, another group of people in the other valley. And y'all were spreading the stories. So, you know, what happened in the other valley? You know what I'm saying? But that might get you ready for the harvester or the, for what what the, uh, you know, some new people showed up. We don't know about them people. How do we know about them? Well, we ask the other people what they know about them other people that we ain't never seen, right? Like these are not, um, these are things that humans do, but within the constructs that we have now, it's like, it can be, amplified and then it's monetized and then you know all kinds of other stuff it's like like i said the youtube count don't care if you watch the whole thing and was mad the whole time because as far as it's concerned if somebody watched it so every ad that ran <laughs> during that right. three hours every uh time you had to skip to the you had to click skip to the next you know like all the data aggregated from the thing all the all the activity from the clips the which, you know, again, you know, you can't tell me that that man didn't think ahead that the stuff I'm going to say that's going to be funny, that people are going to, like, layer it on all sorts of memes. Like, all of this stuff is happening at the same time. And we can be, you can get caught up in this, like, <laughs> that's my hero. And, and like, now I ain't going to watch, uh, you know, whoever's, I ain't watching Family Feud no more because cause, cause they was jealous of Bernie Mac, right? Like, like. Okay, I guess. Like, what? I, I mean, if you like Family Feud, man, watch Family Feud. You know, and, and it like, presupposes it presupposes that any of us have really thought deeply about the character of the people who are producing our content and our art. Yeah, <laughs> right. Like, it, it presupposes we care about that. And I, and I'm not saying that like we don't or we sh- we could or we should or we shouldn't. I mean, I, I generally would like to care about the character who produces the art but then i also understand that my perception of the art is a very personal thing that then has its own relationship to me and not to you right not to even to the producer to a certain degree right like it it may be a signal or a kind of like boy or identification point in my own life and you know you may or may not do some do some conscious or unconscious separation from goal of artist or super character of artist right because you know history is replete of people that created stuff that the beauty of what they created was not parallel to the beauty of their personalities <laughs> like yeah. like you know what i mean yeah. Yeah. um and so we kind of got to get past that but th- right to that point of like you know Cedric the Entertainer got that show about the neighborhood. There goes neighborhood, whatever it's called on CBS. Mm-hmm. And I actually enjoy it in a goofy way. You know, it's him and his kids and, his, and you know, Trisha Arnold from, from Martin. Yeah. You know, so she's done other stuff. And I enjoy it. I'm not going to not watch it because Cat Williams say that he stole a joke <laughs> in 1999. Right? Like, he took my joke. Like, all right. Yeah, that's, I mean, at some point, y'all got to, y'all need to deal with that. You know what I'm yeah, like you should have said something to him, and y'all should have fought in 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 the hallway of one of these big uh, what's the names real quick, so we knew how both y'all carried it, and call it a day, like right. the Zeno and the Locks fighting, like right. you know what I'm saying, like y'all scrapped like, it out, and then I was over, like y'all scrapped yeah. it out, now it's dead, like we squashed it, you know what I'm saying, we got we got us we got the fade on, and now it's squashed, you know what I'm saying, <laughs> and, right, and so I I I could appreciate that a little more than this, like 
lingering thing, which then makes people weirdly take sides of conversations that are not side-based conversations. Yeah. Because I didn't know Bernie Mac. Right. I liked Bernie Mac's comedy, but I didn't know Bernie Mac. So, you know what I mean? It, it, it Sometimes we take very internal conversations and turn them into external conversations, which I think has its own challenge to it. Um, I mean, I think, I think it's enjoyable again, as camp, it's enjoyable as, you know, like you said, gossip, we just didn't create like in gossip in America, right? They, they didn't have all the, the tellers of, of society's past that would weave wild stories that may or may not have been true. Yeah, yeah. So we weren't the first ones. I think people figured out how to monetize it. Yeah. On a whole different level, and you know, it it and it, 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 it just the other the other footnote I want to add to is too it's like you know, for for Shannon Sharp, you know, for Club Shay Shay, it's like look, you have created a media product, and it's ready. I mean, you know, he's talked to, oh, I don't know. I mean, he's talked to a lot of black athletes and entertainers. You know what I'm saying? Um, which, you know, to the degree, the way media works, there's a story that someone would be willing to have with Shannon Sharp that's different than if, you know, I, I don't I don't even know what other media, you know, the, the, I mean, the Today Show wouldn't be the place, um, you know, would be different than Joe Rogan. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. If Joe Rogan invites Cat Williams on, it's not going to be, I mean, Cat probably wouldn't even play it that way. Because you know, because because there's a there's a cultural affinity there where it's like I would imagine Cat would be kind of like Nah, Joe. I mean, we don't talk about comedy and touring and crazy stories that happens when you go on tour and like people who were influential and in me, you know, doing getting started in comedy and like what I've learned about the entertainment business. I may not get into if I would think a Cat Williams wouldn't maybe get in on on that platform and go bang on you know Steve Harvey for twenty minutes because he know because he knows how especially for our community even if other communities don't care. We're gonna be like, hey, cat, you can't go on that man's show and, and bang on <laughs> bang on a bunch of black folks. Come on, man. Like you know better, right? And for whatever that means, you know, as for our society. And, right? and um, I think again, I just say we have to we have to interrogate that sometime, like our assumption of what that means. Right. <laughs> like, like that. It's a, that long held black idea of what you don't do with exactly around into other black people. And is that still in play? Is it still play? And then like, what are, what are the modern rules for that? And why? Right. Like, why does that matter? If it matters, if it doesn't matter. But right. if it um, matters or if it matters that you talked about them, like if you talked about them because you were exposing a broader societal ill is one thing. If you talked about them because you were getting ready to go on tour and you wanted to create some controversy for the tour, which is closer to what I think this is, right? Like, oh, no, you need you needed to get some eyes on on you, and and I guess I haven't listened to the Willie D conversation, but my understanding is the Willie D interview that Willie D had not put out before the was <laughs> day. He kind of does a very similar thing, right? Now Willie D has a totally different footprint than Shannon Sharp. Um, and Willie D probably regrets that. <laughs> I don't even know how, you know, Chad Sharp has a certain charisma and style, right? That in the way his thing goes, you know, like I found the interview with him and uh, 
Marshawn Lynch, who's one of my favorite people um, that I don't know personally, uh, as far as athletes, um, uh, was particularly entertaining. Like there's there's a certain thing that's happening with that show, and and it, it, it's not like he's not trying to hide it. Like he's like, yo, I'm I'm trying to highlight folks that are doing stuff in sports and entertainment. Same way I'm doing stuff in sports and entertainment, <laughs> and have right. the conversation that you can have here with me um, that you may not be able to have other places, and. If it happens, and then I, you know, I've left this this uh, this uh, relationship with with uh, with Fox and Skip Bayless, and now I'm over here, you know, in my day job or my spot, my other side job, or you know, with some, you know, I'm over there, I'm over here, I got my own thing, and I, and I am my own media product, right? Because I have we have an apparatus now where you can go find a piece of content that you enjoy, you know, and not depend on if Philly Fifty Seven <laughs> comes in clear <laughs> by your house right. or if the cable's on, like if you got some internet. You can go get you. You can go watch these, watch these, watch these videos, and and, and so I, I do want to touch on one thing just before we mm-hmm. before we transition. And I think it's you know it's it's ironic. We're gonna pull a little bit of American fiction irony here. Mm-hmm. It's about this idea of the podcast mm-hmm. and how you had podcasts where people are talking online. Or about something, because it's not always just an interview. You could have a podcast that's a deep dive and some research about something, or mm-hmm. you know. So, and you have this idea of people like, okay, this is a podcast, and then this idea of like everyone's creating podcasts, and they they all are like videos, right? <laughs> and so people are like, oh yeah, my podcast, and it's like, well, it's kind of a TV show, it's kind of a media show. I, I don't. Does anyone really listen to this if they don't watch y'all? Like, if someone doesn't listen to something without watching y'all, it ain't, in my estimation, again, I can, you know, I could be curmudgeon here. But it feels like it's really a podcast now because it's not really for, to be listened to. You're producing the, you're producing it mainly to be watched. Yeah. And I think it does, I think there's a bigger picture where it does the actual industry of podcasting a disservice. Because while this is happening and that gets 38 million views, the actual podcast industry is is contracting as far as at least the streaming industry has to, mm-hmm. you know, is defining yeah. it. Yeah. And what the streaming industry is paying for, right? And so it, it's just an interesting thing where it's at a place where people say, oh, yeah, the, uh, you know, Club JJ, Shannon Sharp's podcast. And it's like, uh, this feels like a TV show that you could you could listen to versus something, you know, and, and, and all of the things that we're calling podcasts now are they're only one kind of experience. They're only people talking to each other in interviews, not any other form of how information is trans is is trafficked. Yeah, yeah, definitely the, the the video podcast is not doing um the like documentary style experience of something or like the and it's it's a it's a strange. I mean, I've you know we've I've talked about it you like crazy trying to figure out, and there's people even told me, oh man, y'all should do some video so we can see. I'm like, but but we you know, I mean, I guess, I, but I I started this because I thought you just wanted to hear our voice. Like I might take some pictures, <laughs> like let's just like get my core thing so you can see the person I'm talking to, but. I wanted you to listen to us talk. I didn't, you know, so I'm still wrestled with like the idea that like, oh, I need to like start making videos and people like see me talking, even if they, if I'm just Yeah, talking. I think it like, just turns it, it turns it into right. something. And again, from a media perspective, I mean, I get it. And from a media perspective, what it means and what it represents is like, okay, 
you know, uh, I, I want to understand the new times, but I think it has almost butchered the variety of forms in which information could be distributed through an audio method methodology. Now, obviously, when everybody was home, I think it shifted and changed the yeah. idea of what people would call like a podcast. Um, but I think it, it's gotten to a point where, you know, no one's really creating this content to be consumed via via like a streaming network or some other form of network, right? Like it's being created with visuals, which is fine. Um, but I think in that broader media dialogue, it it can start to minimize the kind of ways in which information is disseminated um, because I think podcasting in a sense re not replaces, but has served as a complement to the idea of terrestrial radio and the role that terrestrial radio played in conveying ideas to communities. Yeah. You, you know what I'm saying? Right. Um, and we're both people who are people of, of those times of knowing and thinking about and being impacted by the uh, the influence yeah. of terrestrial radio. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's something I think to. It's definitely something to ponder. Right. Again, like if these because all the, like the, all of these things to me represent a pathway by which you understand the world. <laughs> and so if you are Club Shay Shay, you do the Joe Budden podcast, you do maybe some uh some other like motivational, I don't know, like you know, go out and wrestle a bear, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> podcast <laughs> uh or, or show, right? You, you know, cause cause even listening, like there's stuff that I listen to that I can like I can play and listen to the conversation while I'm like cleaning up or like making dinner or I'm like, you know, doing a project. Cause I, my, my mind can engage with the words while my body is doing these other tasks, but there's other stuff that I can't listen to if I'm like writing an email <laughs> or I'm uh, reviewing some documents. Cause it's like, I can't read the thing and listen to what you're talking about at the same time. Cause, Cause your brain, that's not how brains work. Um, and you know, and then there's YouTube stuff. I watch like some dude, like, carving wood to make a weird wick weird um you know cabin in the woods with with only with only a sheet you know what i'm saying I'm like, oh man let me see how this man gonna put this sheet together to make a cabin like you know what I'm saying? Like, let me watch right, this right. right like random stuff that and then you know that's a whole other conversation but like the when when this fits into the model of like well how do we disseminate the ideas that we really want to that we think really need light you know what i mean how do we process and discuss the the big issues that are impacting our life and our society um are these different new media, newer media outlets, are they effective at some of those things that we do need to do that maybe we could can't do in terrestrial media anymore, right? Or are all of these places becoming these places that only we only pay attention to them when they give us something provocative <laughs> and they're not right. this place where we go, man, I'm really trying to understand what folks is talking about with this UBI thing or like what does uh what does it mean for the dams to come down on the Klamath River and will dams, you know, in, in other uh, parts of the country that are no longer effective, you know, like how does that mean for the ecosystems and, and traditional life ways of communities that um of our indigenous communities that, you know, were displaced and destroyed to um support our industrial production. Right? Like we gonna talk about that or we gonna, you know, talk about, you know, uh, you know, the 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 brother 
<laughs> the brother from uh, the Dallas Gold Tooth banging on some other, you know what I'm saying, uh, indigenous community uh, comedian about something, right? Like, you know what I mean? Like, instead of being like, oh, no, like, let me, like, learn these other deeper stories. Like, so it's something for us, I think, as as consumers, because that's for most of us, most, most of us are more consumers of content than we are creators. And I think we need to be... Um, you know, be mindful, uh, have some level of awareness. Like, yo, what am I consuming? Like, what am I telling the algorithms that I want out of life? And and then, you know, does, is that in, in in confluence of who I think I am? You know what I mean? And I think, you know, that could get interesting for a lot of us. So, yeah. Well, let us limit, let, let us continue to make it interesting, brother. That's right. <laughs> so, with that, you know what I'm saying? Uh, you know, if you ain't seen it, you got three hours or you, you got a lot of house cleaning to do, you know, pop that thing on the T on the flat screen and, and get the vacuum and then because it's you're gonna have a whole afternoon. Um, but yeah, man, as always, you know, thank you for adding on it. And uh, that's all I got for the good of the order. My man, peace. Peace. Thank you for listening to Good Brothers. Thank you to my good brother, I Majestic. Good Brothers is a part of the Astro Head Podcast. And you can always support the podcast by, number one, listening, uh, sharing where you listen, rating and subscribing where you're listening, and, um, you know, generally get the word out. You can also search up Justice Raji on Patreon and become a patron. Uh, there'll be some changes coming to that at some point when we get there. Uh, but appreciate any support to make it possible for me to keep creating these uh hopefully you got something of value uh there will be more to come and i'm just gonna cut us short so you know enjoy the rest of your day peace <laughs>